Hello and welcome to the All Rookie Podcast. Today is June 27th, 2022, and I'm your host, William Harris, aka William is Bill. Great to be back with you today on another great episode of the All Rookie Podcast. And we will be recapping the 2022 NBA draft team by team, going over what they did, how I feel they did, whether good or bad. Let's get straight to it like it's nothing to it. First, let's start with the Atlanta Hawks. They drafted 16th and 51st. In doing so, they selected A.J. Griffin from Duke with the 16th pick overall. He fell a little bit in this draft. It was great value for them. There's a little talk about is his medicals a concern? We don't know for sure because it never really came out. It's just speculation as to why he fell. I think it had to play a part in that role because most people had him going some people have him going in the top 10, but most people had him definitely going 10 to 14, and he fell to 16. So not too far of a slide, but it's great value for the Hawks as long as there's no injury concern. And with the 51st pick, they picked up Tyrese Martin. Him more than likely be in the G League all season. You know, the Hawks drafted two excellent rookies last year, and they barely played. So that is a they, – they had great value with pick 16. Now, for the unsigned, undrafted players that they signed, they signed Tyson Etienne from Wichita State, Grant Golden from Richmond, and James Akinjo, Akinho from Baylor. Neither of those guys I had as draftable, so they'll just be bodies on the G League squad with potential. We will see what happens. <clears throat> Next, I have the Boston Celtics. They only had one pick in this draft, and that was pick 54. They drafted J.D. Davison. This was a great value pick as well. In my book, I had him going in the 30s. You know, he's an electric guard, but he didn't show enough in his first year at Alabama to be drafted high. He was kind of a guy that you see. It was like, oh, he's going to be good next year. If he returned to college, he'll probably be a lottery pick. He didn't return to college. He didn't even start for his uh, college team. So that made it a little sketchy for guys to draft him. And then on top of that, during the combine, he did not work out. He didn't show himself. And those were two big-time decisions that he made that really hurt his value and cost him a ton of money. And now he's going to be in a struggle to make the squad and not be forgotten about. The Celtics do need a point guard. If he is as good as we think he is, he should stick with this team. But when you're drafted in the 50s, there's no guarantee at all. You're going to have to – you can't play good enough. You have to play great. And J.D. Davidson should flourish in the G League, but he might be in the G League all season long. And as far as their undrafted rookie, they signed Trevion Williams, the center from Purdue. He's undersized, but he was a guy that was borderline draftable. So that was a good pickup for them, for the Celtics with that one. For the Brooklyn Nets, they had no draft picks. So (laughs) what can you say about them? But they did sign four undrafted free agents. Two of them I really like. The guard from Wake Forest, Alondis Williams. Harvard guard Noah Kirkwood. UNLV guard Donovan Williams. And Houston guard Taze Moore. Now, Alondis Williams was very draftable. A lot of people had him in the 40 to 50 range. He was 
He's like a point forward. He played with Jake LaRavia. Those two guys were similar. And a lot of people would say Alondis was the better player at Wake Forest. So <clears throat> it's just what position he, is he going to play in the NBA? No one's sure. But he should have been drafted. So that's great value for the Nets. Uh, and UNLV's Donovan Williams, he plays just like Derrick Jones Jr. I mean, he's like a clone of him. So he should stick in the league. And I think that's a great signing by the Brooklyn Nets. So <clears throat> if you want to grade their undrafted free agents, they got two guys that I think are draftable. So that that's good for them right there. <clears throat> Next up, we have the Charlotte Hornets. With pick, with pick 15, they drafted Mark Williams and Bryce McGowans at pick 40. Mark Williams was the perfect selection for this team. Everyone had them mocked to had him mocked to the Hornets at 13. They made a weird trade, didn't make much sense, and they're gonna get a pick next year. But they still ended up with Mark Williams at 15. He should fill that hole very well, very at least admirably at center, which they really needed. So a great fit there. And Bryce McGowan's, he's a guy I had mocked 21st, I believe. He's a top. 30 player for sure, and they got him at 40. The only issue is, will he ever get to see the floor? And I would say probably not. (laughs) One, because he's really skinny. But, I mean, that's his only issue, really. But two, he's on the Hornets team that has a ton of young talent, a ton of veteran talent, and he's going to be buried on the depth chart. But his future is bright. I just wish he wouldn't have went to the Hornets because, I mean, I feel that he could be competing for a starting job very soon, but not with the Hornets. So we'll see what happens. Unless they trade Rozier and make some moves, we'll see what happens. As far as the Hornets' undrafted players, they signed UConn's Isaiah Whaley and Providence's Justin Minaya. Not draftable players. They won't, you won't really hear from them more than likely. Next, the Chicago Bulls drafted Dalen Terry at pick 18. The guard from Arizona, I feel that was a terrible selection. You're going to hear a lot of people saying it was a great selection. He was not a first-round pick, in my opinion. He's a raw prospect that still needs time to develop. He did nothing special, really, at Arizona. The people are loving the flashes that they see of him. So it's unique how Dalen Terry is elevated, but J.D. Davidson is dropped down to barely draftable. And that's all about height and length. You know, if, if J.D. Davison was 6'8", six, 6'7", six, he would have been in the top 20 as well. So I think this was a draft where a lot of body types were drafted over talent, and Dalen Terry was definitely in that scenario. But, he, I mean, he has upside, but it's going to take some while. <clears throat> as far as undrafted free agents, they drafted Marquette's Justin Lewis. Really, really good forward. I had him probably mocked 40th. And to not be drafted at all, that's insane. So that's that's an incredible free agent signing. So I would give them a D or F in the draft, but an A in the free agency pickup category. Next, the Cavaliers drafted Ochai Abaji at 14, Khalifia Diop at 39, Isaiah Mobley at 49, and Luke Travers at 56. Ochai Baji, I think he fits great with this team. 
You know, he's in the same age range as most of these guys, and he should fill that shooting guard role well, especially if Colin Sexton does not re-sign. Even if he does, Oche can play the three as well and compete with Okoro for that starting spot. They drafted Khalifa Diop for backup center depth, which they needed. They brought, they had Moses, Moses Brown last year, and he did not do what they wanted him to do. So you can say they're loaded at center. Why they draft a center? I think that's a great pick. <clears throat> and they drafted Isaiah Mobley. He is a draftable player. Uh, I had him just outside of the draft, but last year I had him, which he could have came out, but he decided to stay in <clears throat> a draftable player and, and probably in the top 40. So he came back this year, didn't do much better than he did last year, and this draft is really deep. So it was good that he was drafted at 49. And if you don't know, Isaiah Mobley is the brother of Evan Mobley. So that's going to be a great fit. But I think he'll be in the G League. And they drafted Luke Travers, international player. I, I scouted him. He's fun. He still needs some development. And I am pretty sure he will be remaining overseas, at least for one year. Uh, but you never know. But at 50, pick 56, an international player, they normally won't come over. For their undrafted signee, they signed Malik Osborne from Florida State. Not a draftable player. Next, the Mavericks drafted Jaden Hardy with pick 37. Incredible value. It was insane that he fell to 37. It was ridiculous. Jaden Hardy is a top 10 talent in this draft. And to see guys like we said, Jaden, uh, Dalen Terry, bunch of guys drafted before him. Uh, Peyton Watson. I mean, it's insane the people that were being drafted off of body size and potential over Elite talent with Jaden Hardy. Teams seem to hate efficiency if it's not good efficiency. But I think they're overlooking a lot of the positives that Jaden Hardy had. And there's zero reason he should have been a second-round pick. Zero reason he should have been outside of the top 20 in this draft. If he gets time on the Mavericks, he's going to make a lot of teams regret this one. Great pickup and value by the Mavs, but I hate that he fell that far. Now, for their undrafted players, they signed Michigan State forward Marcus Bingo. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next, we have the Denver Nuggets. They selected Christian Braun at pick 21, Peyton Watson at 30, and Ishmael Kamagate at 46. All big names in this draft. Christian Braun at 21. You know, I originally had him mocked at 21. All reports were he was dropping in this draft, so I moved him down a little bit to 31, I believe. And then there he goes, gets drafted at 21. What do you What do you know? What can you do? But I think it's a great pick for the Nuggets. You, some could say there were better players on the board, but they picked a guy that they like, great three-point shooter, positional need, great fit for the Nuggets. <laughs> then it was interesting to see what they were going to do at pick 30. And they surprised everyone taking Peyton Watson out of UCLA. I mean, he averaged three points a game. He barely played in UCLA. He did not get to show if he was good or not, really. But they're going off that body size and weight and length. It's ridiculous. He should not have been in the first-round pick. I didn't have him as a draftable player. But based off potential and everyone wanting to find the next Giannis, the next Scotty Barnes, Peyton Watson went 30th. We will see. He's going to take some time to develop. 
I guess they went Brown with the safe pick and Watson with the upside pick. And at 46, Ishmael Kamagate, he's a center that was a highly regarded prospect, but he's still raw. He'll back up Jokic, you know. It's just going to be a backup for now. They needed a backup center, so that's a good pick. Unsigned free agents, Colin Gillespie, Adonis Arms, Drake Jeffries. Had no high grades on any of those guys. So next we have the Pistons, who drafted Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran at 13, and Gabriel Procida at 36. Pistons nailed this draft. They were a team that everyone felt bad for because they got screwed out of a top four pick when this was a top four draft class. For the most part, but the, the Kings went a different route at four and then landed the Pistons, Jaden Ivey. <clears throat> in my book, second best player in this draft. And then on top of that, they made a trade with the Knicks, who basically, like the Kings helped them get Ivy. The Knicks helped them get the Knicks and the Hornets helped them get Jalen Duran at 13. So they came out with, in a lot of people's opinion, two top eight players in this draft, which is insane. And both of these guys will immediately impact the Pistons as long as they get the minutes and improve this team. This team is going to be super fun to watch. <laughs> and what a turnaround in two years if these guys work out. Now, at pick 36, I believe they reached a little bit for Gabriel Procida. He's a talented guard, international, but he didn't play a ton of minutes overseas. He came off the bench as well. But he showed flashes of greatness. There's talk that he may stay overseas. But at pick 36, I'm sure they would want him to stay over here. We will see what happens. But that's a good swing for the fences, Gabriel Procida. He could be a really good guard. Very athletic, international player. You don't hear that a lot. Unsigned, undrafted free agents. The Pistons signed Charlie Moore from Miami. Buddy Beheim from Syracuse. Stanley Umude from Arkansas. And Kyle Foster from Howard. None of those players are draftable players. Next, the Golden State Warriors. Nailed it as usual. Patrick Baldwin Jr. at pick 28. Ryan Rollins at 44. And Guy Santos at 55. Patrick Baldwin Jr., he was a risk-reward for a lot of teams, a lot of players. Some people thought he was a lottery pick. Some people thought he should be drafted in the 40s or 50s. I was in between. I had him drafted like 23rd. I figured he would be a fit for the Sixers. The Warriors got him at 28. That's great value. The Warriors, no matter who the Warriors drafted, more than likely they're not going to have an impact on this Warriors team because they're a championship team. They don't really need any position beside backup point guard and maybe backup power forward. But still, it's a backup. And a lot of times pick 28 is not going to be that backup you need. With drafting Patrick Baldwin Jr., they have drafted a backup forward for Draymond with the potential to be the future of this franchise, along with Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, and potentially Jordan Poole. I mean, Patrick Baldwin's upside is through the roof. And if he doesn't work out, it's the 28th pick. It's not going to kill the Warriors. This is not a team that's trying to win a championship. It's never been there. This is the Warriors. So, Trust me when I tell you, Draymond Green is going to be in his ass all the time. So if Patrick Baldwin doesn't even want to work out, he will be working out for this Warriors team, whether it's lifting weights or making it and being a good player on this team. So I love that fit for Patrick Baldwin Jr. 
Nobody needed this fit more than him. At pick 44, I got Ryan Rollins, a guy that was potentially a first round, a late first round pick, early second. He fell to 44. That's great value as well. I mean, they killed it with these two picks. And I felt they needed a backup for Steph. Ryan Rollins could be that perfect fit. He's a tall point guard. And well, who better to learn from than Steph? And Guy Santos, he's a guy I didn't even scout. I did not see him in the top 100. No idea. Most, and this is, I'm hearing other experts say the same thing. He was one of the only guys I did not know. And we will see what happens with him, but more than likely he will be staying overseas. They're undrafted free agents. Jacob Gilliard from Richmond. Lester Cunones from Memphis. Alex Morales from Wagner. And Peyton Willis from Minnesota. None of those were draft worthy. Next, the Houston Rockets. Drafted Jabari Smith at three, Tari Eason at 17, and Ty Ty Washington at 29. And if you were under a rock, you would say, what did he say Jabari Smith at three? Yes, at the last second, there was a change, and Paolo went one, Chet went two, and Jabari Smith went three. This was like 20 seconds before they announced the pick. Paolo was informed that he was going to be the first pick. So Jabari was blindsided. Everyone was blindsided. So, but I think it's going to work out well for the Rockets and Jabari Smith because he's in a situation where the backcourt, the front court is not so loaded. His talents will fit great with the Rockets. <clears throat> he's not going to have all that competition for minutes, playing time. It's going to be his clear as day. And he should be playing with Alperence and Gun. We'll see how that works out. But Great fit for the Rockets. Great pickup for the Rockets. They also signed Tari Eason at pick 17. I had him not going 12. He could have went anywhere from the 12 to 20 range. Great pick for the Rockets. Hustle player. And that's what they need because, and he can score. <clears throat> because they have um, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, Kevin Porter Jr. They got all the scoring they could want. Having Tari Eason, a guy to do some dirty work and can score, this Rockets team is going to be fun. Not only that, they signed and drafted Ty Ty Washington at 29, point guard from Kentucky. Ty Ty could have been a top 15 to 25 pick, and he fell to 29. Great. I, I felt he should have fell around this range because I felt he was a backup point guard. And for Houston, he will be able to be that backup point guard with potential to take over if they trade Kevin Porter Jr. So we will see what happens. I think it's a perfect spot for him because he's not coming in having to start. He can come in, learn, settle down, get that role if he's good enough. And we will see what happens. As far as that undrafted free agent, Trevor Hudgens from Northwest Missouri State, not draftable player. <clears throat> Next, the Pacers selected Benedict Matherin, number six, Andrew Nimhard, 31, Kendall Brown, 48. They nailed it with this draft. Perfect. Benedict Matherin, he was my fifth-ranked player. They got him at six. Great fit. Andrew Nimhard. I, I don't really know if they needed Andrew Nimhard. And this is, I guess, because they're planning on trading Malcolm Brogdon. They don't trade Malcolm Brogdon. This is kind of a wasted pick. They could have went with a different position here. <clears throat> but Nimhard is worthy of a pick from 30 to 40. He should be a backup point guard for this team. We'll see what they do with Brogdon. 
And last they picked Kendall Brown at pick 48. He's a guy I had mocked in the 20s, probably 25, 26. So to get him at 48, tremendous value. I felt he had some things to work on, but there's no way he should have fell to 48. So the Patriots hit a home run in this draft, in my opinion. They're undrafted free agents. Tevin Brown from Murray State, really good guard. Um, Jermaine Samuels from Villanova. Eli Brooks from Michigan. And Fambo Zing from the G League Ignite, great shooter. So they have some potential there. Most of these unsigned guys you will not see, but some of them will creep through the cracks. You got to think of a guy like Jose Alvarado. You just got to hope a guy can get opportunity and take advantage. Next, the Clippers, they only have one pick, pick 43, and they drafted Musa Diabate. I love that pick. I had him going 40th overall, so to get him at 43, great value. He's a great power forward that has potential to play small ball big and he's a little raw and offensively but he's a great athlete great defender he should fit well with the Clippers and develop and he could be a real steal I think they needed a point guard but I think you can't go wrong with Musa Diabate from Michigan <clears throat> and their undrafted free agents Michael DeVoe from Georgia Tech Justin Bean Utah State Lucas Williamson from Loyola Chicago no draft worthy players there Next, the Lakers, they traded into this draft for cash to get pick 35. They selected Max Christie from Michigan State. <clears throat> and, I mean, it's a decent selection. Jaden Hardy was on the board. There were a lot of good guys on the board, but they chose to go with Max Christie. He's tall, skinny, small forward. I don't think he's ready to make an impact on this team for next year. But this is the player that they wanted. A lot of people had him mocked going 20th in that range. So to pick him at 35 is good value, according to the Lakers, in my opinion. I think they should have went a different direction, but they have faith in them. We'll see what happens. As far as the undrafted free agents, they signed some big names. Scotty Pippen Jr. from Vanderbilt, who should have been drafted, but the fact that he's short is the only knock against him. He was like 6'1". If he was 6'5", he would have been drafted. Uh, Sharif O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal's son, the LSU forward, has some issues, but he has the size to compete for a job. We will see what happens. UConn's R.J. Cole, Syracuse's Cole Swider, and Houston's Fabian White Jr. I don't really think any of them were draftable except Scottie Pippen Jr. Next, we had the Memphis Grizzlies, who surprised a lot of people with their draft. They had picks 22 and 29. But when it came down to it, they made some moves and they traded 22 and 29 for pick 19 to select Jake LaRavia before from Wake Forest, which was a bit of a surprise. And then they traded DeAnthony Melton for pick 23 to get David Roddy. And both of those guys are kind of in the same vein. I had David Roddy as an undrafted player. A lot of people like him. I don't see it, mainly because of the body was so out of shape and undersized. If he works on his body, which I saw a picture of him in the Memphis Grizzlies uniform, and he looked much better already, so that's great. And when he goes to Memphis, you know it's Grime City, so they should be working him out pretty good. And if he gets in great shape, then that's going to make the pick a little bit better, but he's still an undersized forward. So we will see what happens. But 
he's not a guy that's an undersized forward that has no offensive game. His offensive game is there, so that should help him flourish with Memphis. You know, he he might not play much this year, but you know, if you're going with fit for a team, I don't hate it. It just seemed high in the draft. But once the season starts, nobody cares where you were drafted. They just want to know if you're good. So we will see. Jake LaRavia should be a great small forward fit for them. He may need a little bit of time to get right, but he should be good. I mean, solid at the worst. And we'll see what the ceiling is. I, I felt he was a second-round pick, but there's talent there. They also selected Kennedy Chandler with pick 38. Great value pick right there. Kennedy Chandler. Easily could have been a first-round pick in most people's book. In my opinion, I had him in this range because of his height. I figured he would fall. He's only like 6'1", 6'1 point guards. They fall every year in the draft. But he should be great uh, behind John Morant and possibly taking over Tyson Jones' roles if he decides to go to a different team. They also selected Vince Williams with pick 47. He's going to be in the G League for the most part. Undrafted free agents, Kenneth Lofton Jr., big name right there. Another guy, big, out of shape, forward, undersized, but Memphis will get him right. He's from Louisiana Tech. He'll have to develop. Virginia Tech's Keve Aluma as well. So, yeah, this draft was interesting, y'all. It was fun, but it was crazy. Miami Heat, they only had pick 27. They drafted Nikolai Jovic from Serbia. Uh, it's a risk-reward pick. I had him probably going 34. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he fits with this team. You know, his size is like 6'11", but he plays like a shooting guard. So we'll see if it works. It's a great swing for the fences at pick 27. Otherwise, they would have just selected a role player of some sort that wouldn't have helped. At least they're aiming for greatness here. I think it's well worth the risk. Great pick for Miami. And they're undrafted free agents. They signed two guys that I feel should have been drafted. Jamari Bouye from San Francisco. This is a guard that's electric. He plays like Steph Curry out there at the smallest college. We will see if he'll be able to play with the big boys like that, but he has a ton of talent. Fifth-year senior. I mean, ready to go. Next, they also signed Orlando Robinson, the center from Fresno State. One of the most complete centers in this draft. He was a senior at 22 years old. That's the only knock against him, but offensive, defensive, stud. Great signing by Miami. They will not need to uh, bring back Dwayne Dedman if Orlando works out for him. They also signed Bryce Hamilton, UNLV. Texas Tech's Bryce Williams, St. Bonaventure's Jalen Ottaway, St. John's Aaron Wheeler, and Oakland's Jamal Kane. Not all those guys will be making the team, that's for sure. Next, we had the Bucks. That at 24, they selected Marjan Bochamp and 58, Hugo Besson. Marjan, great pick at 24. I had him around 1920. Elite prospect from the G League Ignite. I think that he was a great fit. I was going to make a pun on Elite and G League Ignite, but that didn't work. But anyway, <laughs> love his talent. Glad to see he didn't fall too much in the draft, unlike his running mate, Jaden Hardy, which was you know, we already been over that. But Marjan will fit great with this Bucks team. If you think about the length that he will have with Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Marjan Bochamp, that no two, three, or four will be able to score against those guys. 
So if he gets his offensive game up just a little bit more, it's going to be scary for Milwaukee. I think they needed a backup point guard, and they did so with 58 with Hugo Masson, a guy that should have been drafted late first, early second, and they got him at 58. We will see if he's held overseas, but great value there with Hugo Masson, tall point guard. He's ready to go. And for their undrafted players, two guys that are really good. Iverson Molinar, he's a guy I had in, ranked in the 30s. Great point guard from Mississippi State. Love his game. I think he'll fit great, if, especially if Hugo Besson goes overseas. Iverson can come in and take right over that backup point guard role, in my opinion. We'll see what happens. And they signed Northern Iowa's A.J. Green. He was a name making a lot of buzz coming into the draft. He basically is the new Larry Bird. If Larry Bird went in the time machine and came back in 2022, <clears throat> dropped in Northern Iowa, there you have it, A.J. Green. So his shooting is incredible. So they got Beauchamp with the defense, athleticism, A.J. Green with the shooting, and then two backup point guards that are ready to go. Great draft by the Bucks. Next, the Minnesota Timberwolves selected Walker Kessler at 22. Wendell Moore at 26, Josh Minot at 45, and Matteo Spagnolo at 50. Walker Kessler, bit of a reach at 22. I mean, it's a lot of a reach at 22, honestly. He should have been. I had him going 34th to be nice. I mean, I felt he could have been undrafted. But to draft a backup center at 22 is kind of outrageous. I mean, this draft was full of guys that were in landing spots to be great backup centers that had time to develop. There's talk that he's going to play the five and Cat can play the four. I don't think that's going to work, but we'll see what happens. Or if they're planning on trading Cat, I don't know, but Walker Kessler at 22, he's not good enough to be 22nd player in this draft, but we'll see what happens. If people are going off numbers, this is where they failed with this draft selection. Wendell Moore, he's a safe pick at 26. He should fit right in with this team, but he's not a star. He should play a nice role at guard or forward and play alongside Anthony Edwards. There were better flashier, more star potential guards and forwards at this pick, but they went with the safe pick of Wendell Moore. We will see what happens. <clears throat> they went with a risky pick with Josh Minow at 45. He's the raw, untalented. He's the raw, very talented. Four from Memphis, just if they're aiming for the whole Marjan Bochamp, Yana, Scotty Barnes, hope on offense, that's Josh Renault at 45. And Mateo Spagnolo, he was a backup point guard in my book, international player. He was not as good as Hugo Besson, but got drafted five, eight selections before him, which is outrageous to me. He should have been undrafted. But it doesn't hurt to take a shot on an international product at 50. Undrafted players, Theo John from Duke, David McCormack from Kansas. Next, the Pelicans, they killed it in this draft. They selected Dyson Daniels at 8, EJ Liddell at 41, and Carlo Matkovich at 51. Dyson Daniels, I had him mock going here. Great fit. If he can play the point guard full-time, he can start on this team. So we'll see what happens. Uh, super talented in the Josh Giddy vein. Great pick. EJ Liddell at 41. 
most everybody had him going 15 to 25. I had him going in the late 30s, and he fell to 41. You know, he's in the same vein as David Roddy, but he fell almost 20 spots lower than him. So great value with the Pelicans getting EJ Liddell. Love that pick. I don't, I didn't love him as far as a first round pick, but to get him at 41, that's a steal. And Carlo Makovich, international prospect, one of my favorite international prospects, big forward slash center, great potential, great, great, great pick. Athletic big man that can shoot the ball. Great pick. He may be a stash overseas, but that was worth it. Now, they're undrafted free agents. They killed it here as well. Darion Sebron from NC State. A lot of people had him as a draftable player, some as a first-round player. To fall to undrafted, what a pickup. And Iowa State's Isaiah Brockington, one of my favorite point guards in this class. Incredible. His shot form is unorthodox, but that's all you can say about his game. Perfect point guard from Iowa State. He's a killer out there. Love Isaiah Brockington. Next, we had the New York Knicks. They had pick 11. They traded it for basically three picks next year. Weird trade. <clears throat> they probably should have thought a little harder about it. But with pick 42, they drafted Trevor Keels, a guy that is a first-round pick in a lot of people's opinion. He's either going to be a backup point guard or <clears throat> people compare him to Lou Dort. He could play that role as well. In college, he played the backup point guard role he played the point guard role and you know but he will fit great with his Knicks team he is a player that should be able to get minutes on this Knicks team even as a rookie they don't like to play rookies but his defensive presence his body his game all around should get him on the court we'll see what happens they're undrafted players they signed John Montero from overtime elite which most people thought was a draftable prospect. I didn't because he's short. Mississippi State's Garrison Brooks. And, you know, yeah, John Montero, he could compete for this point guard role, but they have Miles McBride, who's miles better than John Montero. So I don't see it happening. Next, OKC, one of the more interesting teams in this draft, drafted Chet Holmgren at pick number two. And, they, you know, they had a dilemma there when Paolo was off the board at one. Would they draft Jabari Smith? But no, they stick to their guns, stuck to their guns, drafted Chet at two. Great swing for the fences. We'll see what happens. Usman Jing, they traded with the Knicks to get that 11th pick to get Usman Jing, a raw prospect from international. He's an international prospect. And at 12, they, that was their pick. They selected Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. Great three-point shooter. Great forward. He's in the vein of Sadiq Bay. Should be a great pick. And then Jalen Williams, one more time, at pick 34, the forward slash center from Arkansas, who I felt was a first-round pick for sure. So really, I think they nailed their last two picks, and their first two picks were huge swings for the fences. We will see what happens, but I love how it's two risk and two safe guys. They should be an interesting team to watch. And their undrafted free agent was Gabe Brown, a guy I had being drafted for sure. Four from Michigan State. He's a senior. He's ready to go now. Really good talent. Love his game. He definitely should have been drafted Gabe Brown. Next, we have the number one pick on the clock was the Orlando Magic. 
with the first pick. They shocked everyone, like I said, drafting Paolo Bancaro at one and Caleb Houston at 32. Now, Paolo going one, it did surprise people, but it wasn't like outrageous. But it was weird that they he, they didn't even work out Paolo Bancaro. He didn't come to visit them at all. They did a Zoom call. You don't do that when you have the number one pick. I don't know if they were trying to tr- fool everyone, but they fooled no one except Paolo Bancaro. So, and Jabari Smith, but that's what they wanted to do. Oh, well, Paolo goes there in a crowded front court, but it depends on Jonathan Isaac. Will they trade him? Will they trade some of those guards and get more of an established player? They should. We will see. Caleb Houston, great pick at 32. I had him moving up into the first round because of that size and shooting ability. He should be great. They needed a shooter on this team. That's what I like to see that they went ahead and got one at Caleb Houston. I mean, he could be Clay Thompson if he gets that shot a little bit better. And for that undrafted signing, they signed Tommy Coos from St. Mary's. Never heard of him. <laughs> Next, the Sixers had no draft picks because they traded it out for DeAnthony Melton. But they did sign, get this, three guys that I had high reports on. I'll start with the negative. With the guy I had going undrafted. Aminu Muhammad from Georgetown. Good guard slash forward. Solid. Whatever. I didn't have him drafted. That's okay. But they signed Julian Champagny from St. John's. Julian Champagny. I don't think he was from St. John's. He was from Gonzaga. They have that wrong here. Julian Champagny was an incredible forward for Gonzaga. I had him going 30th to 32nd, somewhere in there in my mock draft. How he went undrafted is beyond me. I have no clue. He could. I had him drafted like 31, the Sixers drafted 23rd and traded that pick. They essentially didn't trade that pick. They got a guy that has first-round potential right here with Julian Champagne. Great small forward. Incredible that he wasn't. Um, my mind was blown that Julian Champagne was not drafted. Insane. And the next guy as well, Michael Foster from the G League Ignite. I had him in the 20s as well. So they had two guys in the 20s, early 30s, that they got for free off the scrap heap, weren't drafted for whatever reason. Michael Foster, one of the best power forwards in this draft, killed it in the G League Ignite, did not get drafted. What the H is going on? Incredible draft, fun draft, weird, weird, weird draft that guys that are scoring three points per game are getting drafted. And you have Michael Foster, that's beasting grown men in the G League, get undrafted. It was insane. Sixers nailed it with their undrafted signings. Next, the Phoenix Suns hate the draft. They did not draft anyone. They have not signed anyone. So screw you, Phoenix. (laughs) But no. I mean, they, they're a great team, so they feel like they can go other routes. We'll see what happens. Next is Portland. They drafted Shaden Sharp with pick seven. It was a bit of a surprise to everyone because they thought they would go with a safer pick, but they went safe when they got Jeremy Grant, and then they took the risk reward with Shaden Sharp at seven, and he could be nice for this team. We'll see what happens. I think it was a great selection. After thinking about it, it's a great selection. It signed Jabari Walker at pick 57. He was a draftable player. Great, great pickup at 57. He was talent. His talent was good enough to be selected there. 
but they have signed no undrafted free agents. I guess they did not feel the need for any more young guys right now. Next, the Kings, they only had pick four because they traded out of their second round picks. They selected Keegan Murray from Iowa. And it surprised everyone, really, because everyone figured they would take Jaden Ivey or trade the pick. They instead kept the pick and took Keegan Murray. He was an elite prospect in college, scored more than just about anybody in college, 23 and a half points per game, good defensive player, good all-around player, good three-point shooter. The Kings have a good player here. They just, a lot of people thought they could have got more value for it or got the point guard that had point guard slash shooting guard that has such a high upside, but you can't hate on it. And they signed a guy I felt should have been drafted, Keon Ellis from Alabama. Great defensive, scrappy, big, big time player. He's just skinny. Give him a year, he could be on this squad as well. They also signed Jan Roden from Seton Hall, Jariah Horn from Tulsa, and Jay Smith from Overtime Elite. Overtime Elite had a bad draft. Nobody got drafted from Overtime Elite. Weirdly enough, one of them definitely should have, but did not. The Spurs just tried to dominate this draft. And they had so many picks and so many undrafted free agent signings. With pick nine, they selected Jeremy Sohan from Baylor. Good, solid, safe pick for the position they needed. <clears throat> he should fit in. He's not great on the offensive end, but he should fit in plug-in play with the defensive play side of things. Popovich will love him, I'm sure. And then somehow Malachi Branham failed to pick 20. My sixth overall prospect fell to 20. (sighs) Great value there. They did not not need him, did not need that position at all, but he fell there and they took it. Now, they also drafted Blake Wesley at pick 25. They did not need him, did not need that position, but they took it. (laughs) You know, so They are loaded at guard, but they drafted the best players on the board in their opinion, and we will see what happens. Their undrafted free agents they signed were Darius Days from LSU, Kyla Edwards from Houston, Josh Carlton from Houston, Anthony Polite from Florida State. But more importantly, these two guys should have been drafted. Dominic Barlow, I had him in the early 30s. From overtime elite, he averaged 23 points per game at the overtime elite. Great size. He's like 6'9", long wingspan, can shoot it. Perfect prospect. Undrafted. What? Did these guys just not see overtime elite? Because none of them were drafted. And you can make a case that none of them should have been drafted, except for Dominic Barlow. This is a steal to be an undrafted free agent. Will he get playing time? I can say yes. He can instantly be the backup small forward for this team undrafted ridiculous and jordan hall from st joseph's i mean he is the next Cade cunningham and he was undrafted and to be picked up by the spurs hate the team that he went to because they're so low to that guard point guard shooting guard small for but jordan hall if he gets opportunity he will succeed in this league the talent is ridiculous the spurs nailed it but they kind of have too many people right now Next, the Raptors selected 33, Christian Coloco, the international center from, and he played with Arizona. Now, great fit. They needed the center. He was the best center on the board. I had him mocked going here. It was pretty obvious they would take him. He will fill the role. He could instantly start day one. They could, they can work him in slowly. 
But I mean, he fills a gaping hole and need for this team. Great signing by the Raptors. And he's got that length that they love. Undrafted free agents, Ron Harper Jr. from Rutgers, Abu Kibgab from Boise State, and Alex Barcelo from BYU. Ron Harper Jr. was borderline draftable. Good player. Needs to work on his weight a little bit, a little bit oversized. But he can use that to an advantage at what, as well. So I think he was draftable. We will see what happens. Uh, but he's a name to look out for. Ron Harper Jr. is really good. Now, for the Utah Jazz, they hate to draft as well as Phoenix. I mean, this is the same thing for both of these teams last year, too. Nothing, basically. But they drafted no one. They did sign five players, though, and two of them I really like. Let's start with the three I did not care for. Daryl Morsell from Marquette, Jonathan Williams from Buffalo, and Jordan Usher from Georgia Tech. The two guys I like, Coffee Cockburn from Illinois, really good, tough, physical center. Could have came out last year. He would have been borderline draftable, and then he came out this year. He was not even considered to be draftable, and it's because he's so heavy, so dominant over guys that are smaller than him, and he's not polished. So he's going to need some time to keep developing, but that size, if he does, he's going to be insane to guard. Uh, great fit, great, great, great pick, great pickup. I, I mean, he's a guy you want to see. He beats guys. So seeing him in the G League is going to be fun. And they signed Johnny Juzang from UCLA. I had him in the 30 to 40 range to go and draft it. Great pickup. He's a great shooter. The Jazz needs shooting. I mean, honestly, I can see him playing a small forward role for this team of the future because Bogdanovich is going to be out of there soon. Great selection by Johnny Juzang. I mean, really, really look out for him. He could he could get minutes on this team. Next, the Washington Wizards. The last and final team selected Johnny Davis at 10. The, the guard uh, out of Ohio State. Great pick, great pick. A lot, some people hated it. Some people loved it. Some people were saying he could have went top eight. And he fell to 10. Some people had him 10 to 14. I had him going 14. So he kind of fell right in the middle. I don't know if he helps this team unless Bill is gone. But, you know, they drafted a good player. But I think they probably should have made a trade. If they could have did something to get De'Aaron Fox or the fourth pick, they should have did it, honestly. And at pick 54, they drafted a backup safety center. Yannick Sosa, originally thought of as a high prospect like a lottery prospect, but nothing really came from anything this year. So he was not on anyone's lottery list coming into this, but they're going off of that upside that, hey, the year before, he was potential to be great. So let's go ahead and take him at 54. We don't know what we're doing with Thomas Bryant. We'll see what happens. He'll be a G League player, but Yannick and Sosa, good value pick at 54. Undrafted free agents, Davion Mintz and Quentin Jackson. So that recaps this year's 2022 NBA draft. If you want to know some of my favorite teams, grades, and all that stuff, let's go. Let's get straight to it. You know, it's a lot of teams that ended up picking a good player, but how they went about it was iffy. I'll give the Charlotte Hornets some love. They got Mark Williams and Bryce McGowan's. But they gave up that 13th pick. So, you know, that leaves them in murky territory. But I'll give them – I'll mention them. 
I like Cleveland getting Ochai Abaji, Khalifa Diop, Isaiah Mobley, and Luke Travers. All great quality picks. Dallas Mavericks getting Jaden Hardy. Steal. You know, Detroit Pistons, probably the winner of this whole draft. Each pick was a home run. Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, and Gabrielle Procida. The Warriors with their first two picks. Patrick Ball and Ryan Rollins, ridiculous. The Rockets with Jabari Smith, Tari Eason, Ty Ty Washington. Nailed it out of the park. Pacers, Benedict Matherin, Kendall Brown late. Great selections. You know, it was a lot, a lot of good teams killing it. You know, if anyone wants to say what's the bad team, you're going to hear a lot of people say the Memphis Grizzlies, but I think we're going to have to let that play out. The Bucks killed it with Marjan Bochamp and Hugo Besson. Great picks. Now, the Pelicans killed it as well. Dyson Daniels, EJ Liddell, Carlo Makovich, love him. The Thunder is up for debate. We will not know <laughs> for some time what they did. The Magic, it was weird getting how they got Paolo, but great prospect. Caleb Houston, great prospect. So you can't hate too much on them. You know, I, I think this draft was insane, and you have to give some love to the Spurs. They got three studs. I'm not high on Sohan, but I think he'll fit perfect with his teams. Jeremy Sohan, Malachi Branham, Blake Wesley. You have to love it. The Raptors getting Christian Coloco. I mean, it's, you can say it's about 20 teams that nailed it, really. And 10 up in the air. But this draft was insane. I loved every minute of it. If you missed it, we covered it on Sports Ethos YouTube page. You can watch that if you like. Or, you know, I recapped it here. So we're good to go. Thank you all so much for listening to the All Rookie Podcast. I'll have more about this draft coming up throughout the rest of the week. Thank you all for joining. Like, rate, subscribe. Hit At least hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. I'm here for you. We'll do more with the videos later on. Thank you for your love and support. I'm out of here.